All kids out of the pool. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, the G-Dub himself, Mr. Rainmaker. Garrett, how you doing? I'm, I'm wishing for some rain. It's Rain Wisher, not Rainmaker. What do you mean? You, you could be the Rainmaker. You ever do a rain dance? Go out there. Maybe you're Rain Man. Maybe you're Ooh. like, I'm the Tom Cruise to your Rain Man. Uh, Damn. And uh, we'll go to the casino, maybe. So, hey, if I win some big bucks, sure, I'm Rain Man. Hey, uh, Stevie Brule told us not to do that. <laughs> big hunky men break your legs. <laughs> uh, Steven. I haven't seen that guy in a while. Uh, you know, his character in Kong, uh, Skull Island, was, was borderline almost. It was like a smart Brule. So I was hoping he would dip into that, but he didn't. So Wednesday Comics uh, Podcast, my name is Marvin. We're here to tell you about the comics coming out this week, but also some other items, Season 5, new format, uh, talking about the book club book, Sweet Tooth, later, and also a couple of reviews. Uh, before we get to that, uh, we uh, won't talk about Loki, uh, but I will just say I really enjoyed this week's episode without any spoilers, uh, and I thought... Uh, it was uh, so far two episodes in. I think it is way blowing my mind how great this is. Uh, and actually, it made me think here, uh, Alex, since you've seen the first two episodes. Um, did you ever see Kong Skull Island? Speaking of yes. Kong Skull Island, so he's in that movie and he's totally a different person, basically. Like, I was thinking about that when I was watching Loki. I was just like, he doesn't even seem like that character. Like that character oh, is like Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Stephen Brule. I thought he wasn't in it, but okay. <laughs> but he's like an action hero in that movie, and he's really believable as an action hero. But then you have this kind of Loki, and he's not really kind of like a, uh action hero to, in the same sense. He's kind of more uh, fighting. What's the word I'm looking for? He's not really like a, the same person, basically. But I mean, he really does sell that as being a different person. I, yes. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think I'm one of those people that the first time I saw Loki by Tom Hilston, I was thinking, not the show, but just his character. I was like, ugh, whatever. When I did see Kong Skull Island, I really did enjoy uh, Tom Hilston's work. And then when I see him in this show and see the dedication to this character, uh, it is he really does a phenomenal job. Uh, so we'll talk about more of that next week. A couple of news items here before we move on with the uh, focus forecast. Uh, I let Alex know this right before we started here that uh, breaking news: uh, Transformers the next movie. Which first off, it's it's it said it was the seventh movie. Is that true? It was yeah. five, yeah, I and I guess so. I guess five and Bumblebee six. So that's the re- reason they say seven. But the uh, next installment is called Transformers: Rise of the Beast, based on Beast Wars. Uh, will Hell take yeah. place in 1994 New York City. Uh, will uh, returning to action and spectacle the first captured moviegoers around the world 14 years ago with the original Transformers. Transformers: Rise of the Beast will take audiences to a 90s globe-trotting adventure and introduce the Maximals, uh, Predacons, and Terracons to the existing battle on Earth between the Autobots and Decepticons. Uh, Alex, you said hell yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Beast Wars? I am. I love the Beast Wars. Now I'm just. I you say it's in New York. It just makes me wonder if um, they are going to be the established animal choices that they were in the show, or even in the comic book now, or if they are going to be. Hey, what lives in New York? So we're going to have rats, um, possums, maybe a raccoon. <laughs> 
I wanted to be the dinosaurs. I wanted to be these big spiders. I wanted to be uh, impressed. And uh, I'm already building it up and getting hyped for it, and I don't even know when it's coming out. But I love Beast Wars. That is, that's my first dip into Transformers, and still love that show. Mm-hmm. doesn't look good anymore, but I still love that show. That was one of the first shows that had computer animation. It was like that, and <laughs> what was that one show that was on Cartoon Network where the guy had like a blue face? He was like a blue face type person. Do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? Had a what? He was like he had blue face, like a blue face. He was like a not an, a robot. I mean, he was a robot. He like took place in this virtual reality. Tron. I don't know. <laughs> Tron's what comes to mind, but let's I think see. Cartoon Network CGI. You guys were like show. thirteen when Tron came out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were old. That's old news now. Gosh, reboot. It was old called ones. reboot. Never saw it. You never okay. It was on from oh. 1999 to 2000, so, I mean, I don't expect Garrett to have seen it, but uh, I, I thought you might have. Yeah, he, was, he was still in the womb at that time, so he wouldn't have seen it. Probably pre-womb. <laughs> Probably pre-womb, of course, you know it. I mean, to be fair, everyone, Marvin and I are about 60 and 50, respectfully. Um, Garrett, he's still in his teens, so. That's right, forever young. <laughs> um. Uh, the next news here I was going to talk about, uh, but then I, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, double clutching on this thing. Infinite Frontier number one. Is anybody getting that this week? I'm getting it. Yes. Oh, because there's a. I guess something big happens in that book, and I was going to say it, but uh, you can say it. I don't care. Uh, it's event porn, so I'm good. Uh, they reveal that Thomas Wayne is still alive. Uh, the Batman from Flashpoint. And so they find him in this, like, it looks like a spaceship almost that he's, like, still alive. So the last that's time the we saw shit. him. That's shit. That's kind of bullshit. <laughs> When's the last time we saw him? I mean, Bane's not dead, so I'm, I'm, we're past the bullshit, but uh, how ridiculous. We saw, we saw him in Batman, uh, Tom King's Batman run was the last season. And he got destroyed, like, when the universe blew up, right? No. Because he made it. Oh, he into... got out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happened? He was, he, he was working with Bane. He got arrested. Yeah, who we knows? Thought, we thought that Bruce would break his rule and kill his own father because, you know, what? he's not his real daddy. Uh, he didn't. He's like, hmm, bitch, arrested. After you killed all these other people. And Bane just fell asleep, you know. Got yeah. Shot in the head, but missed all the all the <laughs> Missed lobes. his brain, apparently. Yeah, there's some space between the lobes, so that's what, <laughs> that's what he got. Straight through there. <laughs> now he's ambidextrous, at least. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, the last thing here before we move on, I think it would be, uh, I would, uh, catch some shit for not talking about this. So we have to, um, is, uh, this one has a lot more, uh, actual dialogue. So I'll play it. Uh, sometimes when I play these trailers, there's a lot of music and uh, it doesn't translate well, but this one has some, has a lot of, uh, dialogue. Suicide Squad came out with a new trailer today. So here you go. Oh. Robert Dubois. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. You're not joining your suit. By the way, let me, I'm going to play this and pause it. So, so the first part there, Superman, uh, this is uh, Idris Elba's character uh, in the movie, uh, not Superman, but Idris Elba's character in the movie uh, put Captain America, Captain America, Superman in the ICU using a kryptonite bullet. That's how he started it off. What do you think about that, Garrett? It's pretty hardcore. 
Yeah, blood sport. But hey, how does he know that Crips Knights is weakness? Who knows? That they're trying to establish Idris Elbow is badass. So let's here we go. What's 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 uh Idris Elbow's character's name? Bloodsport. Bloodsport? Mm-hmm. You know Real him? name. Okay. Robert Dubois. John Claude Van Damme's movie, Bloodsport. Yeah, I was gonna say was he Okay. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. I'm not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. My court date is coming up. And Miss Waller said maybe you could help me out. You're stretching in my door! Everyone stand down. Miss Waller, I don't... Stand down! I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission weren't more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. I need to feel the raindrops on my head, on my head. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me this to a werewolf! Yo, let me out! Yeah, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. By the way, that's that weasel character we've seen in trailers before. Uh, <laughs> sitting next to... Um, what, what, what's... Uh, um, holy shit, I just lost his name. Who's the kid from SNL that's in this Pete movie? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Who does he play in this movie? Do we know? Uh, I can't remember. Is it the savant? I don't know. Or I think he might. Anyways, he's sitting next to the uh, the uh, weasel, and he's like, why are you sitting next to a dog? And Harley Quinn goes, I think that's a werewolf. And then you start freaking out. So just some I don't remember who the weasel is. I guess I remember seeing him. Remember he licked the window in the first trailer? Oh, yeah. 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 So. Not the one where we hear John Cena talk about the dicks on the beach, right? Yeah. Um, okay. The, by the way, you know how that that trailer, he had the best line? He has the best line in this trailer, too. So I'm excited that he's getting his own TV show based on these two trailers. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. If there's any connection? <laughs> no. No. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this, so this movie reveals that the big bad character is Starfish. These uh, terrorists or whatever are making Starfish. Or the leader actually is in this movie. Um, making Starfish. And uh, uh, that was John Cena uh, asking if it has anything to do with buttholes. So. Um, <laughs> here we go. I gotta wonder how much of it's writing and how much of it's him saying shit. Well, his delivery is fantastic. I mean, that line could be like a roll your eyes moment, but the way he delivers it, so genuinely being like, "You think it has to do with buttholes?" And she's like, "No." You know, it's slang for buttholes. And then he right? like he check. By the way, he checks off his list. He says, "No." He like he's trying to figure out what's going on. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. If there's any connection. <laughs> no. I love John Cena. Hello. All right. Let's get it. 
suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! By the way, and I don't know if this is true, uh, you ever you saw Harley Quinn in the uh, Bird of, Birds of Prey, right, Alex? Yes. And Gary, you saw it, right? Yep, yep. So the the I think that movie looks fantastic. I actually really like that movie, but uh, it looks fantastic. But the action scenes are very, very well done in that movie, and they look very similar in this movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got because they got the fight coordinator from John Wick to do the Birds of Prey movie. If he came in to help with this one too, because it seems very much like that same type of action scenes. So we'll see. Uh, but just judging from the trailer, that's what it kind of looks like. By the way, it's something you can't see, obviously, because uh, you're only hearing this. But I recommend everybody go to the trailer in uh, about 157 into the trailer. You can see that King Shark, you know, he's a King Shark. But he's a little chubby around the waist uh, in this movie. And uh, he wears jorts, some jean shorts. Uh, and it just makes me laugh. I don't know why. But, uh, Where's my dad? I'm going to get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now it. Stay off the comp. There you go. That was King Bird. Uh, <laughs> look forward to it. August. So in a couple months. It, it's one of, since it is a Warner movie, it's going to be an HBO Max and theater at the same time. But uh, uh, that almost seems like a movie that I would love to see in theaters because it's going to be so big. Uh, I wouldn't mind watching HBO. Like if it came down to be like, yeah, let's go watch it just on TV. But you know what the great thing is about it coming out day and date online and in the theaters? If you love the movie you go see in theaters, you can rewatch it at home right away. So That is true. Uh, so I think I do it the other way around, right? I actually want to watch it at home first and be like, I love this. I want to see it in theaters. Nah, I'm, I'm a theater first. I, it really depends. Like, if I hear that it's good, then theaters first. If I hear mixed things, then I might watch it at home first and see. I really would like to if it was a great movie to it's been a long time since it's been in the theaters and we're gonna go see black widow in theaters we decided that as a group already uh uh garrett you know this week uh family comes out family comes back to town uh f uh, f9 is coming out <laughs> oh, shit. and yeah, so like even that movie i was like do i go to the theaters and see that like i really just want to go get back to the theaters and uh kind of get in that environment again because the the thing about watching the movie at home it it is very more convenient and i do love it a lot and we talked about it on the show before like what's the new norm and i would like that to be the new norm but i like still the option of going to see it in theaters and i know that's not possible like both things probably can't survive in the economy that way but i do like the option of being able to watch a movie and there's nothing that can distract me because i'm in a theater or at home sometimes something might happen at the deposit and it kind of ruins stuff so um yeah, I guess if you're at home and you have free time and you're by yourself, then it's a different situation. But yeah, but you know the one thing is that I'm one of those people who is notorious for the five minutes before the movie, I gotta go check the bathroom one more time because I do not want to miss anything. Where being home, I can pause it or I can go back or what have you. That I do appreciate the being home. I got a baby bladder. What can I say? Is uh, F9 is not like an HBO Max, right? That's uh. 
No, yeah. it's Universal movie, so Universal. I think it's okay. I think it is um going to be theaters only. But you know, what? let me check because obviously, family, you got to get get ready to support. Dude, that. I haven't even seen eight because I thought that was. Ridiculous. I haven't either. I was trying to think of that today. Oh I was like, God. what's what's the one where it ends with um uh uh Vin and Paul looking at each other. And, F7. That was seven. That was seven. So yeah, I haven't seen eight. That was the last one I saw. We saw it in, we saw it in theaters actually, Garrett. And that was yeah. the last one I saw. And you know what? I was so uh, taken aback by that CGI Paul Walker, I couldn't do it anymore. So Is it well, Furious Furious Eight or Fast Eight? No one fucking knows. They call it Fast Seven all the time, and then I was just on HBO and it says Furious Seven, so I'm like, I don't even think the franchise understands what they title these fucking movies. Just Fast and Furious one. Why couldn't they just do one part one? Because Hobbs and Shaw was a different. Is a I mean same, era, same thing, but yeah, not part of that Fast Furious thing. Yeah, Alex, have you seen? I know Marvin's seen the trailer for Nine, but have you seen the trailer for Nine? No, no. <laughs> There's a part where oh fuck, where Vin Diesel's in his car and he legit rams this post at the end of a cliff that is like a rope bridge. To another, like I want to call it a mountain, but like a hill, like another cliff, and he rams it so hard that somehow this wooden post connects to his car and swings his car to another hill. Mm. <laughs> That's like <laughs> fucking. I can't. It's like a fucking mile at least of space. It, it definitely looks like cliffs. the most crazy one. Like I feel like is they're doing ten right or eleven. 12. 12, that's right. So I feel like these last ones are just like, you know what? We're ready to get 12. Like, let's just do whatever we need to. But you know what? Gives a shit what uh, physics we break. You know what? For this kind of series, though, the reviews are already out and and it's getting good reviews. So, I mean. I'm I'm sure it's entertaining and, like, really great. But, I mean, some of the, you know, how we make fun of the family quotes and the ridiculousness, like, I can only imagine. Like, they're going to have, like, Tanks skating upside down and like still being able to fire or something. I don't know. Speaking of John Cena, he's in this movie. Obviously, uh, I guess in the last movie, they established that he was Don's brother. Uh, Obviously, family involved again. And um, I don't think The Rock's in this one, if I remember correctly. Uh, So we have John Cena instead. Uh, But he actually looks, I mean, John Cena is like you were saying, Garrett. Like John Cena has been really good in everything I've seen him in. So, what's if you guys seen that uh, Cockblockers movie? No. Yes, I have. Oh God, so fucking that's funny. That's so funny, <laughs> and he's so good <laughs> in that movie. Um, anyways, I'm looking to see if this will come out streaming the same time as we just asked, and uh, uh, it's it's an NBC Universal film, so it would come out at Peacock, but it, they have no plans to stream at the same time. And then I saw that actually HBO has the max. HBO Max, HBO has the uh, licensing to have the Fast and Furious movies on its streaming service right now. So that's also like all of them you want to see are on there, which I might watch the F8 on there. Uh, but somebody's like, hey, it won't be on HBO Max because uh, Warner Bros. doesn't own it. And I was like, okay, I, they made a whole story about this. Somebody just wasted their time writing this out for some reason. Um, <laughs> Anyways, hey. Oh, July. <laughs> uh, I just saw that that Space Jam movie is coming out. I forgot about that movie. Anyways. Which which movie? Space Jam. A new Legacy Space Jam 2. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Anyways, you got to go see it in theaters. Uh, theaters are theaters and home. Either one's good. Suicide Squad August. So you know what? Actually, I was thinking about we we haven't tried doing uh, since it comes out day and date. We probably could do like a, a live reaction podcast. So I guess I don't know how you would listen to it though. Anyways, that's logistics. We'll work that out later. <laughs> F- focus forecast. Here we go. Ascender number 16. Jeff Lemire, Dustin Wynn, Starseed. Garrett, obviously, we're all excited for this. We've been keeping up with Ascender, Ascender. Uh, I know I have. I don't know about anybody else. Can't speak for them. And uh, I was just curious. I see a dragon on the cover here. Uh, what do you think about this uh, Ascender? So, though, <laughs> so I'm excited for issue 16. Have I read issue 15? No, but I swear to God, it's literally next on top of my stack. Um, so I'll be reading that tomorrow. So, uh, I mean, this uh, series has always been the premise of, uh, you know, our sci-fi with robots, and now we have magic. So uh, the fact that there's a dragon in this book now, so excited uh, how we get there. I'm 22 pages behind. So uh, we will find out, and by hopefully issue 17, we'll know what's going on. But well, you, only have, you first, only have three issues left to read. You go fuck yourself, and don't ever say that to me ever again. It's done at 18, so... Well, I hate you. Just kidding. I don't hate you. But I well. hate that the series is ending, because it's been so great. Um, but yeah, if this is the last arc of Ascender, so we have Descender, Ascender, and then we'll just have Sender left as... <laughs> Like you know, it's going to be Return to Sender. <laughs> return to Sender, exactly. Elvis so, shows up. And... Right. Anyone that's been missing shows up in that book. But no, love Ascender, and, uh, you know, we're starting to run out of Jeff Lemire series, so I'm glad I'll have some Jeff Lemire storytelling for the next couple months, uh, besides our book club. So, yeah, great series. Well, there's, there's two more Black Hammer books coming out. There's uh, a teen one that comes out in August. Like, I don't know what it's going to be about, whether it's like a Teen Titans-esque book or not. And then there's that, um, not Reborn. Visions, but Reborn. Al- and it comes out Alex. this week. Yeah. Perfect segue. Black Hammer Reborn number one, Jeff Lemire, Caitlin Yarsky. The Eisner Award-winning superhero saga returns in this ongoing series, picking up 20 years later with new series Whoa. artist Caitlin Yarsky. So now, 20 years later, and Lucy and the world have moved on, living in the suburbs of Spiral City. Lucy is married and has children. But all is not blissful. Her marriage is falling apart. Her job has reached a dead end. And for mysterious reasons, she hasn't picked up the hammer in years. But as her domestic life begins to crumble, the secrets of the last 20 years and the reason Lucy really gave up being Black Hammer begin to resurface, threatening her family and the peace she has tried to find for herself. So this is uh, the main book continuing on uh, uh, in this ongoing series. So... We've been asking for a while because I've been doing a lot of minis. Like, where's the main story going to keep going? And I guess this is going to be it. Hmm. Dave Stewart on colors. Dave Stewart on colors. He does the colors for the first series. But uh, obviously, a change in artist. We now have Caitlin Yarsky, as I noted there. Caitlin Yarsky is a great artist. So I'm excited for that. And there's something about 20-year time jumps to me that I'm just like, because it wasn't segue again last of us was a 20 year time jump from when his daughter passed oh spoilers whatever you had 15 years um not even 10 years um but wasn't there a 20 year time jump in the first last of us video game no at Karat was, 21 yes, yes you're right you're right from when sarah dies yes oh, see he Jesus spoiled it i didn't Christ. do it i just said his at daughter. the ap keaton on twitter and at Karat 2188 but it's been out since 2013 years. 
20 years. That's so long. That's such a big time jump. And sorry, Gary, pissed me you off when just, they did it in last You just played because... it. What? Didn't you just play? When did you well, play I the did, first I, one? Well, I played Last of Us like two years ago. A year ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, a year so, ago. Two years but ago. I, but then, so you were also six years behind. Yes. But anyways, <laughs> I'm still like 20 years though. Like Joel is like 36. So you want me to believe that when Joel meets Ellie, he's 56 years old? Come on. Uh, he is pretty old. Yeah. Dude, He's he's been seeing a lot of shit. He's killed a lot of clickers. I know, he's but then in Last of, of Us 2, there's another, like, ten years of time. And he's jumping. also, like, a 50... It was seven. He's it also, seven. like, a... a seven! Might as well round up to ten. <laughs> he's also, like, a 56, though, like, a, a guy that's running around and has to keep active. So, I mean, he's obviously, like, a 46. Yeah, he's, he's, been, eating, isn't he's been eating canned beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like, every day for 20 years. Come on. He's living on fiber. <laughs> Expired coffee grounds? Like, what? So, anyways, the fact that Lucy's going through a twenty-year time jump, okay, that's fine. But I was—it's hard for me to wrap my brain around twenty years. I get that I was very passionate, but I don't like twenty-year time jumps because it's just like that's so much time, so much time. I struggled with Endgame's five-year change when that yeah. movie came out, and we had the five-year change. I was like, "What the hell? What happened in five years?" Garrett, just because you brought that up in spoiler, I got to do this. He's got- Oh, Jesus. Uh, TMNT ongoing 118, Sophie Campbell and Nelson Daniel. So Sophie actually not doing the art on this uh, issue. She has been. The Shredder returns. Rokosaki has been to hell and back, but now he will come to the turtle as friend or foe. Meanwhile, April makes a stand against Baxter Stockman with dangerous consequences. Alex, what do you think here? Friend or foe? Uh, so I believe he's going to be a friend at least for a little bit. Nope. So I don't know who the turtles are going to go up against anymore because they've already beaten Bishop. They fought Oroku Saki and he died and then he came back. Uh, Oroki Karai has agreed to a truce with the turtles. Who's left? Triceraton? They've been beaten. Krang? They've been beaten. Who knows? I don't even know what's going to happen anymore. Uh, pretty good. The last issue was kind of let down. This big battle of the bands is going to happen, and Jenica shows up and is fantastic, and so is the band that Bebop and Rocksteady agreed to lose, and just like, we're not even going to play, and which was a 180 from what I expected. I just I want this book to really pick up. They need to get done with this mutant town or mutant city thing. Move on. we got to get back to Turtles living in New York and them having to be scarce. This this understanding of mutants, I'm I'm getting tired of it. Won't drop the book, but it needs to move on to something more dire than, hey, we're gonna play guitars. Alex, I I I am gonna uh, throw out there uh, a theory that there'll be some sort of dimensional split, and the splinter uh, from the Team and T Michael Bay movie, the robot version, will come through. Shit. <laughs> you mean Shredder? Shredder. What Robo, I said. Splinter. Robo, Robo Shredder. Yeah, Robo Shredder. That's what we'll have. We'll have the the Spider Verse of Turtles. You get Kevin Nash's Super Shredder versus Michael Bay's Robo Shredder, Transformer Shredder versus Vanilla Ice <laughs> versus Vanilla Ice playing Ninja Rap. Ninja, Ninja. We already know who wins. Vanilla Ice. Right, Garrett. Sure. 
Oh my fuck. Infinite Frontier number one. Uh art by Jerry Manko uh and Joshua Williamson uh doing the uh writing there. When a hero saved the multiverse from Pertua in Death Knight's Death Metal, everything everything uh was put back where it belonged, and we do mean everything. All the damage from the crisis was undone, and heroes long thought gone have returned from whatever exile they had been in. Well, most of them, at least. Alan Scott, the Green Lantern from the Justice Society of America, has noticed some of his allies are missing in action, and he's determined to find them. There are others, though, that remain hidden in that would rather remain hidden than explain themselves, like Roy Harper, aka Arsenal, a man who should be dead but now is not. Plus, who do all what? What do all this? What does this all mean for the DCU's place in the multiverse? And opposite sides of the dimensional divide, both Harry, Harry, Barry Allen, and President Superman ponder this question. Not to mention the dark side of it all, and, or a team of multiversal heroes called the Justice Incarnate. So I am looking forward to uh, this. Alan Scott, I love Alan Scott, and I love a nice uh, multiverse story. So here we go. Obviously, this is continuing their ongoing multiverse story from Dark Knight's Death Metal and everything in Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, what was that one called? Infinite. Heroes in Crisis? No, what was the one that they just had? Future State. Before Future State. What was that called? It was It was still called Infinite Frontier. Oh, it was. Okay. That or makes it, sense. Future State went to the Infinite Frontier one shot, and now we have all this. Okay. Or no, maybe it was reversed. I don't know now. I'm confused. Who cares? But this is continuing. DC can't decide what the hell they're going to do. Infinite Frontier, the one shot. Now we have Infinite Frontier, the limited series. Who knows when we'll get it out of Looking forward to just uh, I'm curious exactly what's going to be in there. Uh, curiosity mostly uh, rather than expecting something good coming out of that. So, you know what they say, though, Alex, right? Curiosity? Killed that cat. Ran over the bus. Uh, Undiscovered Country, number 13, Charles Soule, Scott Snyder, Leonardo Grassi, and Matt Wilson, and uh, Jacepsi Chemicoli, new story arc. Garrett, what do you think here uh, with the Undiscovered Country? Uh, the first 12 issues were fantastic. So excited to get back into this universe. Uh, we've barely broken into this future America which is broken into 13 levels, I believe. can't remember. Um, and they've only gone through the first two of 13. So uh, we're getting deeper to the center of the plague that has affected America and why and figuring out why it's been closed off to the rest of the world. Uh, meanwhile, there is a... Uh, what do I call it? The, the antler guy that everyone's seen on the cover of the first issue. He's this psychopathic murderer trying to kill... And also find out what's going on in the center of America. And he's never been able to get in there uh, because there's been super certain security measures to keep him out. And now he's getting through because of these pesky humans that don't belong in America right now. So, Undiscovered country. There you go. Uh, finally, Batman Reptilian, number one. Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. When, what strikes fear into the hearts of those who terrorize Gotham? And he used to be a Batman, but something far more frightening. Then a mirror man stalks the shadows, and it's after Gotham's villain. How savage must a monster be to haunt the dreams of monsters? Pick this up. No, pick up this dark. Pick this up. Pick up this dark <laughs> and bone-chilling tale by comics legends Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp to find out. Uh, Garth Ennis is uh, one of my 
has become one of my favorite comic book writers. I find anything he does, especially these kind of like miniseries, uh, usually turn out to be enjoyable. Obviously, his uh, Fury miniseries, uh, his Punisher work, and then he made that um, uh, Punisher. Was it the Punisher, the last one, Vietnam? The War Journal. War Journal. It, no, it's War Journal. Um, the Vietnam one, and then... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then it's Irish, uh, the Irish, the Russian one. Anyways. Uh, actually, I probably could just click on this. And see. Oh, no, that's DC's website. Damn. Was it Soviet Punisher, Punisher Soviet? I don't know. Anyways, uh, Liam Sharp also doing art with Liam Sharp has been fantastic uh, in recent years. The cover has a reptilian eye with the bat signal as the pupil. Uh, it might be um, Killer, Killer Croc. Crack. Who knows? Who know? Might be a new thing. Who knows? But I think Maybe it's Kirk Connors. Maybe they're doing a crossover. <laughs> well, that's why I paused because I almost said <laughs> maybe it's Lizard, and I was like, that's not right. Uh, but yeah, whatever it is, it, it looks like it. it it's going to at least be Garth Ennis, I feel like, especially it's Black Label. It's not like a DC continuity book, so I feel like it's going to be uh, enjoyable, whatever it turns out to be, so. We got all the focus forecast for this week. Uh, Alex, what's the weather look like? Uh, we're looking up here, a little drought we're going through as a nation. Uh, when does that clear up? When do we get some rain here? You know, so I'm gonna everyone, there's there's a secret that needs to be told. Um, I have no fucking clue. Secondly, yesterday was like the most perfect day we've ever had in the past month and a half. Uh, it was like 48 degrees in the morning, got to like 72. Fantastic. Not a drop of water, but nice and refreshing. Then you get today, ah, a little, getting a little hot. The rest of the week, you know what? If you saw that there's 50% chance of rain, just know that the glass is half empty because uh, that rain's not coming. <laughs> Dude, I, I tell feel the boys like, before the show started, uh, water your own lawn, drink all the water you can, pee on it if you have to. Actually, that will kill the grass faster. Uric acid is not going to do you any favors, but uh, at least you're hydrated. Well, it got cloudy, and I, it was like I was in the movie Holes. I'm just like, please, just get a little closer. It just rain, and then it got like really sunny again, and I was like, 50%, you son of a bitch. Mm. You know what, Garrett, you're hoping out for? Hold out for, I mean? You're holding out. For a water hero? For yeah. the rain, a.k.a. Your hero. Hydro-Man will help you out, or the Flood. Whichever one of those characters shows up first, that's who you need What about life. Storm? I can get some Storm up in here. Oh, Storm you know would sound... Stor- all Storm would do is screw with the climate even more by making it rain when it shouldn't. Obviously, we're, we needed a drought. That's what uh, apparently nature thinks. Storm would more sound like this, I think, rather than what we've listened to. Oh. Blood, what is her name? Storm with the Mohawk. As she's stroking the guitar going, yeah! She's playing her own guitar. Kicking ass. Uh, you know what I find funny about this? I just imagine in my head <clears throat> one day being like, Garrett, come on, we gotta, we, we're we going to this concert. He doesn't know what it is. Be like, just come along, buddy. 
you're gonna enjoy it and then all of a sudden You're gonna get that stuck in my head, damn it. <laughs> More importantly, Garrett, you're gonna hate that song. <laughs> I already hate the song. <laughs> Anyways, Current state. I was just doing that to delay so we could hear. We got one voicemail this week, so here we go. Here's your uh, voicemail. Oh, I can't hear it. Could you guys hear it? No. Hey, Wednesday Comics. Tom here from a comic book look. Just a quick message for Garrett. Um, Marley and Me sucks. It's the least enjoyable movie ever. And I like Docs, okay? It's just a boring-ass, terrible movie that uses all the easy ways to pull at your heart. Fuck Marley and Me. <laughs> hey, to be fair, there was two date movies when I was in middle school. The Notebook and Marley and Me. And I didn't get any second dates off of Marley and Me. So. Uh, of course, you're just making them depressed. Both those movies. Well, hey, I was like, oh, it's a cute dog movie. And hey, I was young. I was ignorant. I didn't know that every dog movie in existence always ends sad. So, but you said it was one you know, of two choices. So you obviously true. watched it over and over again. Well, Homeward, ba- Homeward Bound did not end once. sad. I don't uh, know. Are you kidding? What? Shadow falls down a hole. And then when Chance and Sassy show up, and they're like, turkey, "Well, I don't turkey, think." Turkey, turkey, turkey. Yeah, well, it still ends good because then you hear uh, Shadow comes back up, and he's like, "I don't remember what the kid's name was, but they're saying each other's name, and they run to each other, and it's cute." And Not he's that. limping, and he's probably never well, going to walk again after this. He 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 made it. He was like a hundred years old. He's like, "Damn, bitch, I'm tired." I think there was two more sequels after that first one. So uh, Lost in San Francisco. <clears throat> And then who cares? Well, that's what I was going to say. He does get injured, and you know that they probably had to put him down right after that movie. Because they were like, dude, this guy broke his leg. We're not going to be able to save this guy. Sassy ja- Shadow and, and Jamie's uh, the kid's Chance? Name. Yeah. Jamie's the Chance. kid's name. Jamie! Jamie! <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> no, wait, Jamie. <laughs> turkey, 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 turkey. <laughs> Where, where's Jamie going? Uh, that dude was already on that... Uh, speak yeah, already on that store. Like he, he was really old in that movie. So, um, what is he in that movie? What is that? A retriever, golden retriever. Yeah. Anyways. Then you got an American bulldog, and what is sassy a Persian? But I, I want to get back to um, Garrett. You had two date movies, and it was Marley and Me, in which a dog passes away. Okay, you don't know that going in. It's not like it says Marley you and Me. You said be ready like, to go cry. to movies were Marley and Me and The Notebook. So it made it sound like these were your choices whenever you went on a date. No, well, I mean, you mean the on, one middle school. I wasn't going on that many dates, but you mean when uh, you, you took somebody on a date to that movie? I took somebody on a date to Marley and Me, not thinking it would end as one of the most depressing dog movies of all time. But The Notebook. Watch that shit on repeat with okay, well, with multiple dates. Even though that um, movie is sad, the Notebook, it does have a lot of romantic stuff, so people get in that mood. Marley exactly. and me, that I you you wouldn't I don't know I understand that logic whatsoever. But you said you only watched it once. I thought you meant you watched it on repeat. No, I took some. Yeah, they made it like you did multiple theaters. dates. Yeah, I thought it was like your go-to, be like, all right, got a date, warm up that Marley and me, and. Ready to go. Uh, now, to be fair, Garrett, when you were dating, it, it was from, whatever, 2000 until whenever. It's uh, when you guys turned 21. 
There's oh, well, it's about thirty years ago. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, Gary, you had a lot of movies. You could have taken her to Winter Soldier. Uh, any of the Marvel movies, you know what? They may not have been cuddly, but at least you got some good entertainment out of it. What do you mean? He's talking about middle school. He wasn't. Yeah, middle school. He wasn't. Uh, Spider Man came out in middle school. Spider Man. No, no, you were in elementary stuff because I was in middle school. You said, yeah, elementary. man. Check your age. Or not elementary. You said Winter Soldier. That came out. 2014. We were in, yeah, we we were friends by then. It came out. So yeah, I was 24. So Gary, you should just take it. 2008 was Iron. Gary, you should just take him to a concert. Uh, here we go. Sweet Tooth, book one. We're gonna start with this one first. Usually we start last with this one, but you know what? I'm changing it up today. Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, the Jeff Lemire twins. Gary, what's this book club called? Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People, probably presents... Sweet Tooth, Volume 2. We are on Issue 8 of Sweet Tooth, out of uh, 11 that we'll be reading for this segment. Uh, this issue starts with Jepper and his wife, a flashback of after he's, she said, I'm pregnant, and she's worried. She's like, hey, do you remember the news report saying that these kids turn out to be hybrids? And he makes a little joke saying, hey, look, it's our kid. He makes like a rabbit on the on the uh, as a shadow puppet character and they have a little laugh over that and cut to uh jepper drinking himself to death in an alley uh is our intro to this issue so obviously you know starting stuff out on a great note and not depressing whatsoever uh but jepper's story you know going back to last week's discussion and based on what uh tom had stated in his voicemail uh jepper's story throughout this issue uh very much is like he kind of is still like in this state and you would expect that any other story would like sit on this for a scene and then move past whatever he's going to come up with. But we're really going to, you know, dig deep into this uh, suicidal depression that he's in until he either gets out of it one way or another. So uh, what did you guys think of Jepper's story in this issue? Depressing. I mean, I've clearly with the last two issues, we're going to be figuring out from when they first took off. From their home to, I'm guessing, her passing. Um, there's just this, like, sadness inherent in this book, especially in those flashback scenes, because you can tell that uh, Jeopard's kind of lost all hope already, somewhat, and that if it wasn't for the love of his wife, like, he would have just given up. And clearly, as we can see now, he is. So, um, I don't know. I feel like this guy is completely broken without his wife and his life. And, uh, yeah, it's just, and then you see Gus's side of everything and he's going through a lot as well. And he doesn't understand as much as what's going on in this world. And we're finally getting answers from Dr. Singh. Um, this was like an information action packed issue and it like was an emotional roller coaster. So I thought this was a really well done issue. I was really impressed. This is the only one that so far we've read that I was I don't want to say bored, but it was a lot of getting you ready for what's coming next and stuff, which I mean, which is good. Um, when you're watching Jeopard get the shit kicked out of him because he chose to pick a fight with someone, and the guy's beating him and goes, "This isn't funny if you're not going to fight back." Uh, it's hard to watch Jeopard's face just get mutilated and punched and kicked and beaten to hell. And, uh, you know what, dude, you gotta try harder. You gotta at least put up a fight if you want to get killed. He's just taking it. He That dude wants to fight. Do it. Wait, he obviously has no will to do anything about it. So, 
Uh, and plus, I mean, how who knows how drunk he is of what he just drank? But well, it looks like he drank most of that bottle, so he's probably just waiting for liver failure. The uh, sweet tooth story really is very minimal. It's really just a scene in this issue, and, and as Garrett stated, Doctor Singh, and then being like, "Hey, you weren't born at all," and he goes, "I don't know what you're talking about." And he shows his belly button, being like, basically insinuating that he was created and not born because he doesn't have a place where his umbilical cord used to be. Uh, and that's where the issue ends, which, uh, I kind of had gotten that impression when people were like, he's like, I'm nine years old and everybody else was like, uh, there's no way hybrids didn't show up until seven years ago. I think it was. And so they're all like, how's this kid nine years old? Uh, and I think we got our, uh, answer. Maybe that wasn't part of that same thing. He was uh, created and not actually born. So we'll, we'll get more into that. By the way, also the, uh, one page splash of, Sweet tooth, uh, Gus without a belly button. I don't know why, but it it, it looks so weird to me. Um, dude's wearing overalls. Have I not noticed him wearing overalls this whole time? He's old. I think he wears his, his flannel over it. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, he's like an old. But man. like the doctor's like, show me your show me your stomach. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I didn't notice that his pants were also like torn up. Were they always like that, or was that from walking all that distance? I don't remember. From uh, I'm sure it's from the adventure of fighting through all those people. We also learned that he also says Jeopard's a bad man. It's basically he's like he's not even holding on to any kind of hope that Jeopard is a good guy and just made a mistake. He's basically cut him off and said he's a bad guy. And uh, he knows that he talks, hey, you're cutting open kids down here. You're doing this stuff. And then he's like, don't you understand? Like w- humans are going to die out unless we figure out a way to stop this. Like this is all for the greater good. And it goes back to what I was saying last week, like what amount of sacrifice and what amount of torment and death is amount is good enough for the greater good. Uh, and I guess that's the story we'll be delving into uh, from Jeff Lemire here. So I really much look forward to what's to come. Obviously, a lot of setup in this issue, as you stated, uh, Alex, uh, for what's to come. Uh, a lot of good stuff, though. Like I, like I said, it kind of sits every once in a while. But when it sits, I feel like I become better aware of who Gus and who Jeopard really are. So, um, especially with this issue. So I'm going to give it an eight. Nice solid eight. Give an eight and eight. I agree. Eight's a good score. I don't give ratings for this book. Uh, It's all good. (laughs) Here we go. We'll talk about the next issue, episode nine, episode nine, issue nine next uh, week as part of the uh, book club, right, Garrett? Well, yep. The Wednesday Comics Leave Extraordinary Gentle People book club. With Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, since it is on Netflix now, is uh, on sale mostly everywhere. So, uh, good time to jump in, catch up with us before we get to the end, and we can get to the end of Volume 2 together. Uh, Alex, did you ever finish that series, or did you just watch the first episode? I just watched the first episode. I'm curious. I figured if we weren't talking on the show, I wasn't going to... I'm interested in it, but just it's not... Anybody out there that's watched it, how far into Sweet Tooth does it go? Like... Am I going to get farther than I am in this comics? I assume so. But uh, I don't know whether or not it's going to get close to the end or if it's like the first 10 issues or what it, what it is. Uh, but let me know because I am curious to watch it, but I also don't want to really watch it if it's going to spoil the majority of the book. So That's right, so, too. I haven't... So if I can spoil anything for you, the first episode, you get to the point where Sweet Tooth may or may not be leaving the his house. So what is that? That's issue two. 
Yes. So, so I the way I think because I was looking through all the issue or episodes, I think you, I think you get to the preserve, or they at least talk about it more. How many uh, episodes do we have? Eight. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Maybe maybe it's but, worth a look at the episode, like you said, the synopsis, and be like, "Where are we at?" And then stop reading when I'm like, "Okay, this is where we're at with this one." Uh, up next here, still water number eight by Sidarsky, <laughs> Roman Perez, and Mike Spicer. Uh, the uh, next issue in the uh, groundbreaking Stillwater, I'll say it this year. Uh, we can get the history of our sheriff used to be a pencil pusher, and uh, how she comes to town. And ultimately, how she gets betrayed, and how this all kind of goes down. Uh, Alex, what do you think about Stillwater? It, it was so I was not expecting this issue to be what it was. I actually thought we were going to carry on from issue seven, um, but it was almost kind of refreshing to see how other people got to this town. Um, you know, honestly, I almost expected there to be more of a big surprise. The the betrayal at the end of the issue wasn't that big of a surprise for me because we already knew it was coming up when issue seven happened when the rest of the militia showed up and were being jackasses so i just i was waiting for this to actually occur but it was good i mean i'm, I'm excited to see what else this book has in store down the line from the end of this arc because you know shit's just going to get worse yeah i i really love this issue just because i i think for me it kind of sets up the pacing that this book's not going anywhere anytime soon and for a comic book reader, that's like so great when you're in a really great series. Um, we, we get the time to kind of like develop characters and uh, while we're waiting for the main story to unfold. So uh, I thought this issue was super interesting and it was kind of cool to see this lady who's like basically, you know, she has gone through so much. She's kind of lost that spark to live and then she gets another opportunity in Stillwater and she kind of gets that that fire back and i mean when you see her at the end covered in blood holding the sword or the machete or whatever i was like that's fucking cool but obviously she murdered that guy cold blood like pretty bad and he was just trying to do the right thing by her so that was a little fucked up but hey uh when they got fight or flight so but no, i thought it was great and like it gets me excited for the main series because now we know a little bit more about that character maybe we'll learn about some other characters and how they got to Stillwater, and it's all gonna come to a head in the main story um the thing that i have a confusion about and uh you know me with characters is the uh sheriff that she meets at the beginning like the same guy at the end that shoots her no they both Wait, look what? the same right so the the guy that came to find her that was chased so when she gets to town and then he comes out of stillwater to find her he gives her the offer to be the new sheriff. It's not the sheriff that is there now or the guy that backstabs her. This is the original sheriff who I'm guessing was tired of living. He was ready to die, but the city still needs the sheriff. And that is the only way that she could have been carried over and grandfathered in was to have been someone that the town would need. Oh, hey, I thought she actually killed that guy, but she probably didn't. She probably just, it was all fake. Yeah, because it was being hiding. Yeah, he was. Well, he broke into her place and said, "Hey, uh, I'll figure out a way to get you uh, 
integrated, you know, and then she shows up and's like, you'll, I'm your new sheriff, but I guess you never see what happens to the actual old sheriff. So maybe that was his bargaining chip. Like, Hey, you just go and pretend you killed me, take my spot and I'm going to go. That's what I insinuated, but you're saying they're different people, Alex. They both look the same. Well, they both have facial hair. That's. But the nose, the chin, everything about them looks the same. I'm trying to figure out, they never named the sheriff. She never says his name, and he never says well, his well, name. I imagine he was the father of the guy who wants to be sheriff, Tim, or whatever his name is. Ted. So I'm wondering if, she doesn't hold, if he doesn't hold her responsible for what had happened. That was supposed to be his job when he grew up, or what have you. Because um, all the time that the... Was, is it Tim? Ted. Ted. When Ted kid, you know, he let their kids, do their stuff, kids don't grow up. Then age, their kids don't grow up. Yeah, but I'm saying he still leaves the town. I mean, he snuck out how many times, and he served in the military with that other group of guys. So he'd be old enough to now be the sheriff that came to, you know, fruition for him. So I'm wondering if the old sheriff wasn't the dad. Wait, right. I I'm not entirely sure. You might be uh, correct. Mitch said facial hair, um, but. <laughs> Uh, anyways, very enjoyable issue. I thought it was action-packed and it definitely sets up that nobody is really on anybody's kind of side and everybody's up for betraying everybody in Stillwater for their own benefit. But also, I mean, they say it's to keep the town safe and to keep the town secret because people would come in and do all this stuff, but it seems like it's almost more for their selfish needs. So, uh, give us an issue, a nice, uh, eight, solid eight. Ooh, I'm going to give it a nine. I really enjoyed it. I thought the art was fantastic. And the story, like when it got to the end, I was like, oh, shoot, it's already over. Like I was having so much fun with it. So uh, definitely excited for issue nine, but nine, nine for excited for nine. Eight. Eight is a good choice. I There's nothing that blew me out of the water. Nothing that was super surprising. Um, a nice issue to build into what's to come, but nothing to write home about. Oh, they are different people. I just found this guy's name. It's the guy's name is Mike, the sheriff at the beginning. Did it say his last name? No. And the other guy is Ted. They both look exactly the same. The, to be fair, though, now that I'm looking at the judge, the judge looks the same, too. Um, so what you're telling me is that there is laziness in the art. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or everyone's related in that town. <laughs> who knows? Uh, there we go. Looking forward to more of that. We're on issue eight. It doesn't seem like the book has been like so much has been established in this series and it's very quick to, uh, move on that. I feel like it feels like almost, we're almost like 20 issues of this thing, but, uh, we're only eight. So look forward to reading some more about that. Stillwater. There you go. Stillwater. The, uh, uh, final book that we're reviewing this week is Supergirl woman of tomorrow. Number one of eight by Tom King and, and, uh, Bless Evely with uh, Matt Lopez on colors here. Uh, a DC Infinite Frontier book, it states. It's um, out of continuity, I guess. Um, it really isn't state, but it's a story of a girl whose father is killed. And she basically goes to find a bounty hunter to uh, kill the person who killed her father to avenge him. And she goes on, and uh, some uh, things happen. She ends up meeting Supergirl, 
And the story goes on from there. I will say one thing about this book. First off, Bless Cavalli, I think we've talked about her before numerous times. Uh, fantastic work in this issue. Uh, colorist Matt Lopez also. It looks very, very beautiful. I will say, though, like the story, I did not expect this kind of story uh, for Supergirl World of Tomorrow. But I will say, so far, this issue, I really liked it. I'm the same way. I was like, I was, you know, any Superman book, you expect to come in and like be in space or flying or like aliens or something like that. And it felt like a kind of like a Viking tale almost like uh, I felt like I was reading almost like a Thor or some kind of mythology book. Um, And so by time, you know, Ruth or Ruthie, however you say her name, um, uh, Ruthie uh, (laughs) gets to Supergirl. Um, I forgot she was in this book even, and the book's called Supergirl World of Tomorrow. So I was like, um, yeah, I was so enthralled by the story that was going on with Ruthie and her father and Krem, and by the time Supergirl showed up, I was like, oh, wow. And then, of course, like the literal arrows to the heart, they fucking shoot Crypto, those that fucking monster. I was pissed. They waited for John Wick to show up. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, do, you, do you think Clark's gonna like fly through and just be like, motherfucker? I, I mean, I do. It's when Crypto gets hit, that's when she does go into rage mode and beats the shit out of those two guys. So uh, she does kind of turn into John Wick. Uh, so basically, she's on this planet. There's a red sun. She went to go here for her birthday to feel normal and not feel like the last remaining member of Krypton. And she knows everything about Krypton uh, uh, being destroyed. And she was there for that. Uh, we're not there for that, but she. She knows about it. Um, so she wanted to go here to forget about that, but also feel normal for her birthday. And But since she's on a planet that is uh, uh, given energy from the red sun, she's obviously not invincible anymore. But, it's, but it feels like she also is like not super normal. She has some strength. The guy tries to hit her with a sword early on in the issue, and it kind of just stops. And she got I shot. I just think she's master of the drunken style. Maybe she got shot like three <laughs> times with an arrow. She grabs the blade and she still bleeds, but she doesn't like die. Uh, so I think it's the first time she's drained too. Yeah, that's. I mean, she went there to get drunk. And, uh, so crypto gets hurt. It doesn't look like he's like down for the count, and she stops fighting them because he he starts whining. So she tends to him, and then our main villain jumps the ship that she had already put uh, our main villain by the way Krem uh, uh, jumps into the ship that she already had put on auto start and it takes off and it ends with them being stranded or th- uh, Crypto and Supergirl uh, along with uh, Ruthie uh, in the uh, smoke of the ship taking off and it's to be continued by the way also uh, I, I like I mentioned the art um I want to give props to Baleska Evely because the Ruthie character um, is obviously a kid. Like, not she's not that tall, really. Like, Supergirl gets on her knee to talk to her. <clears throat> yeah, that's why she gets shot in the face with a fucking... Um, oh, not in the face. In the heart with an arrow. <laughs> but uh, she's obviously trying to look older and trying to be uh, somebody to avenge her father. So it really does sell that where you're like, you're trying to believe that Oh, she almost looks like she is a warrior. But then when Krim runs past her, she basically gets knocked the fuck out. He just hits her to the side. She obviously can't do it by herself. So she's going to need some help. Um, I wanted to say it almost feels like a, a Princess of Mars kind of book, you know, John Carter, 
uh, where it's like kind of futuristic and he's not, she's not from this planet, but this planet is kind of in this kind of, like you said, your Viking kind of old state where they use bow and arrow still and swords. Uh, so I'm very, I, but this blew me away how different I thought it was going to be than what I thought initially. I thought it was going to be a Supergirl story. Her fly, she's flying on the cover. So I thought, you know, my expectations went for a fucking roundabout on this thing. And uh, it actually came out better than I thought. I really look forward to uh, reading the rest of this. Yeah, I, I'm i going to give it a 10. I just thought it was great. And, like, obviously I'm a big crypto fan, a big Supergirl fan. Um, and also to have, like, it not be in Supergirl's perspective, but in Ruthie's perspective. I also like that also because, like... You know, when we have these characters that we've read over and over and over again, we're obviously getting very similar perspectives from each of those stories. And I like that this brand new original character, we're seeing everything about Supergirl through her eyes. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that story technique and like it made it fresh and like just I'm excited for the next seven issues because I'm like... This is just new territory, so I love it. I got a, I got a question. How does what pushes Supergirl over the edge to kill Krem herself? Yeah, because uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. at the beginning of this issue that she does kill him, even though she swore at the end of this one that so, she would so not. She our, doesn't kill people. Our narrator is Ruthie, and she says at the beginning, being like Supergirl ends up killing Krem. And you're right, Alex. She's like, I don't kill people. That's like the number one thing. Is that I I'm I'm not going to kill anybody. You need to learn justice and not revenge. And but we get a little glimpse into the future at the beginning with the narration saying that she ends up she does kill him. So you're right. Like, what's the thing that's going to push her over the edge to to show that? So um, I think uh, that's obviously killing crypto. So and I would well I tell you what if they kill crypto they need to add in John Wick just shows up Berserker crosses over. To come beat the shit out of Krem. Who knows? He might, he might kill Crypto, you know, with a bow and arrow uh, to the head. And she might go up and uh, rip his uh, head off, spine and all, and throw on the floor. So. I figure she pulls a, a Godzilla from the first movie and just laser beams down his throat well, and cuts his head off. Krem is essentially fucked once, he, once she's off that planet. Like, he can't compete with her actually being Supergirl. So right. I mean, it's, it's that was the one thing I enjoyed is that she had to she went to a red planet because she wants to be normal, or wants to at least you know get drunk. She seems like she can and hold then, her own. You know, she has to row the boat, and and the girl, yeah, Ruthie even says, you know, if we were on a yellow planet or a yellow sunned planet, uh, she would have heard me coming and and stopped me long before I got to her. But I snuck up on her before she knew I was even there. And and she obviously can hold her own. It's not the powers that really makes her super strong, and like she does, she can fight. And they were she. I feel like the she's a, a little stronger than Krim on this planet. He obviously just got away by chance. She could have, if she really did focus on him, he would have not gotten away. So once she gets power again, I mean, the dude's done. So uh, I'm gonna go to ten too. I don't know if I said that. Uh, it was my favorite book of the week. Um, did you get a score, Alex? No, I'm gonna give it a nine. So then it nothing- is. Nothing super wrong with it. I just, I'm not ready to give it a ten yet. I'm sure later down the line there'll be an issue three or four that's just phenomenally perfect. That I want to save it. Yeah, it'll be the Rorschach uh, crossover. There will never. There's no chance I will give. There's only three issues left to Rorschach. There's no chance that Rorschach gets a ten from my mouth outside of the sentence. He here. says this 
That's three months. But I was going to say, there's still time. Uh, at the end of this book, they have an ad for an upcoming miniseries by uh, Grant Morrison and art by Mikhail J- uh, Hanin, Superman of the Authority. I'm in. Yeah, same. They you have- know, I love how Grant's always like, I'm done with superheroes. I'm out. What if we gave you the, you could do the authority and Superman. I'm back. I'm back in, guys. I'm back. And Garrett, look, did you see the suit? I did. Little Kingdom Come. Little Kingdom Come. So he's got a little gray on the side. So might be talking about an older Superman here. So. Um, to end the show, uh, a little, uh, brief game here. Uh, the way that's going to work is, uh, you guys can say your name and I will pause this when you figure out what it is. Uh, but the thing is, is you're only going to get one guess. So make sure that you give a good guess. Uh, and if both of you don't get it, I'll reveal what it is and move on to the next one. But we're going to do uh, six of these, and the person who has the most points at the end will win. Uh, these are movie scores, and you can tell do me. Do you have a tiebreaker? <laughs> I have tiebreaker just in case. Okay. Oh, baby. Movie scores go. and songs. You just need to tell me the movie full title that it appears in. So here's the first one. What do we think there? First, Alex. Yes. Hellboy and the Golden Army. Correct. That is right. Mm, One point for Alex. Did you know that, Alex? Or was that a guess? No, I, I when I heard the clinking, it sounded like the the working of the Golden Army, uh-huh. like when they were making it. All right. So one point to Alex there. One of six here. Here is the next one. Think here. Oh, God. <sighs> I it sounds familiar, but I just can't place it in my head. Um Well you might as well give a guess. No answer and one guess would be the same thing. You're not gonna mm, Alex. Yes. Blade. Incorrect. I see where you want going there, Alex, though. It's not a bad guess. That's not a hint, uh, Garrett, whatsoever. I'm just saying it's not a bad guess. Let's go Garrett. Uh, let's go Ant-Man. 
Incorrect. That is from the Dark Knight Returns animated. Oh, show. fuck me. God damn it, you're right. That's why it sounds like there's a score, but also like an 80s kind of synth in the back. Oh, fuck. I think we had talked about that score. That score is really good. Oh, it's so good. Do uh, I have it all on my iPhone? Damn it. One point, we're at two out of six. Here's number three. Garrett. Yes. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Correct. Fuck yeah. One, one. There we go. Alex, do you know it? I, no. I mean, I've I've seen the movie, but no, I wouldn't have gotten to it. Oh, wow. Maybe it's because I've seen that movie like five times. I watched it twice. I've seen it one time, two years ago. I've seen it recently uh, because my son wanted to watch it. So good. Uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing here? There we go. All right, here is the... Oh, I think I lost it. Here's the next one. Garrett. Yeah. The Joker. Correct. Here you go, the Joker movie. So, 2-1, Garrett up. Um... You know they're making a sequel to that movie now, right? I saw. I saw. I've never know. seen it. Dude, Alex. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, you gotta. You just gotta. I think the only thing is that I had heard from, maybe it's from you guys even, or from someone else going, you only need to see it the one time. But I and don't so, agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, I, I really like the movie. I think the ending is kind like, I don't know what to think about the ending. The ending, I could be up for debate whether I like it or not, but I think the rest of the movie is good. The ending, uh, obviously, if they're going to make a sequel, the ending makes sense, but in terms of the... Well, you would have to watch it, unless you want me to spoil it. But I think you should totally check it out, Al. At least watch it the one time, if that's all it takes, but I think you'd still think it's good. It's on, it's on yeah. the HBO Max? I know it is, and it's it's actually on my, my queue to watch. I just... I have yet to pull the trigger on it. Mm, we'll pull the trigger on this one. This is number four of six. Garrett. Yeah. Uh... Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Correct. There you go. Uh, I almost won Avengers, but no. Uh, when Marvin said pull the trigger, I, I had to imagine it was Winter Soldier, but I thought, no, that seems too obvious. There you go. Alex, you had to get the next two to stay in the game. So it really comes down to this next one. Was that, a, was that number four? That was number four, yeah. I thought it was number five. That's four. Okay. So there's two left. Okay. Yes. Spider-Man. <laughs> Incorrect. 
Garrett. Yes. Spider-Man 2. Correct. Yeah, baby, because there's a little bit of that Doc Ock theme in there. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, thanks. Hey, oh, shut up. I knew it. I just didn't know which one it was. I've got that one in my car. So I wanted to give you a win for this one time. Oh, yeah. Dude, you know the score is mine. <laughs> You didn't get the first one, did you? Hey, here's the last one. Just just for, I mean, obviously the game's over, but just for shits and giggles, see, see who knows what this is. <laughs> no, it's not a bad guess though. That 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 is a hint. That's not a bad guess. Hmm, that was intense. Um, just the Punisher. Incorrect. It's uh the first Deadpool. Mm. It is pretty fucking intense. I don't remember this from the movie, but I don't remember the song ever playing. Part of the score. It's obviously, uh, uh, Garrett, you know this. This is Junkie XL. Yeah. It almost sounds like Winter Woman right there with the ding, the, the drums. See, I can't associate anything with Deadpool because the second one has so many, like, songs in it that I just think of those. I mean, that's, I that's the thing cool. with that movie. And even, like, that's why, uh... Into the Spider-Verse, I feel like it's also more known by the songs in the movie than the actual score. Even though the score actually plays in predominantly in a couple scenes, but uh, that's what I was thinking about this one. I was like, I mean, I probably don't remember because they probably didn't really play it. It was mostly songs. Yeah. There we go. WednesdayComic605 at gmail.com. It's the email address to contact us. I'm going to go somber here for a second. The rain is coming. Have you ever seen the rain? What's the song go? That's <laughs> how so it goes. Please um, fucking rain. I don't know. <laughs> I saw Thursday. Uh, there's a rainmaker there. Please fucking rain. <laughs> I guess the, if this show comes out on Wednesday. I saw Thursday, the uh, 24th. Um, there's, pretend, there's a bigger chance of rain. It's like... 59%. <laughs> that extra 9% chance. Here you go. I'll, I'll put a bet of this while you're there. Here. Uh, Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Wednesday Comics. Hi, no. To my left, APA18. You can find him on Twitter at AP Keaton. To my right, GW himself. Find him on Garot2188 on Twitter. You can find me at Marvin underscore Salguero. Make sure to pick up Sweet Tooth Volume 2 if you want to uh, join us in our book club. Yeah, he, this, he knows. And uh, we will uh, continue on next week uh, discussing more things. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Focus Forecast brought to you by RainbowComicsAndCards.com, your definitive source for all things comic books. Uh, make sure to go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com for more information on their locations, hours, and how to get your comic books. I saw, they got, I saw they got Sweet Tooth 
out on the stands. So here we go. Uh, roots of the Swamp Thing your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Uh, head over to roots of Swamp Thing for your copy of the Holland Files full collection on sale now. Ten ish, ten dollars each. Uh, they are very high quality. I don't know. You know what? John Boylan is a madman. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to put that word out there. The dude is uh, clinically insane. That quality of the Holland Files has to be costed way more than he's making. It's obviously a love letter to the Swamp Thing. That $10 that he's getting back on it is probably just a cover cost. He's probably just breaking even. So do yourself a favor and do uh, the world a favor and enjoy those Holland Files uh, books. High quality. and also, I got I got a club. I'm in Swamp Thing uh, fan club now, and I got a pin. Uh, yeah, there's no way that that man didn't spend more than twenty bucks on each issue, and he's only charging you ten dollars. So go ahead and go over there and get every issue, and uh, read it to your heart's desire. That's roots of the Swamp Thing. SwampThing.com. Six zero five two one five eighteen forty nine. You can leave us a voicemail. You know, as you heard earlier, I'm gonna turn that a little down here. Uh, you can also go to uh, WednesdayComics.com. Click on the message button to leave us a message there. And you can uh, also click on the website button to look at our merch page. And make sure to subscribe to the show, uh, no matter how you want to do it. Like I stated last week, now on Audible and Amazon Podcasts, but also Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio, and many others. So however you want to enjoy it, it should be there for you. Uh, good week of books. Nice, solid week of books. I uh, wasn't disappointed in any of them. Uh, good stuff coming out of, and once again, Tom King killing it. Might be the year of Tom King. Jeff Lemire, like you said, series keep going down and down. Uh, he only has one or two left. Uh, well, it's going to be a fight between Tom King and Chip Zarsky. I say, I say right now, I think it's Chip is still the leader of my book, but who knows? Tom might surprise me. Who knows? Not with that Warshack garbage, but with some other books. All right. Well, I was, I can't end on that. Maybe I can. Wednesday Comics, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone, stay cool and rainy and keep turning those pages. Hey, everyone.